When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Was that a ghost? Yes, the ghost of Caitlin Cut. It's the ghost of Caitlin Cut here to podcast. What if the whole episode, people would stop. If I just went like that, I'd hate me too. But if you ever are forced to haunt this podcast at some point in the future. Let's be clear about our the, the contract you made me sign uh, with my blood. It, it states in bold, if I remember correctly, that if I die, I'm required to haunt the podcast. Right. And you have to use that voice. So save it for that. Okay. Okay. I'll save it for the afterlife. That's what I'm hearing. How is your quarantine going? Um, ups and downs, man. Ups and downs. I mean, we're we're doing this with a two and a half year old, so it's a whole ball of of stress, honestly. I mean, it's it's hard because we're both, you know. Yeah. Cause the big thing is like I don't want him to feel unwelcome. <laughs> He's my son, you know, so there's the ops, there's the practical obstacles. And then there's the staring into the infinity of screwing him up as a parent that I have to deal with. Right. But at least you're not dealing with a two and a half year old ghost haunting the closet of your bedroom. And I think, you know, well enough that I count that blessing every day before I go to sleep. Don't we all? Oh, yeah, we all should. And if anything, if you're going to come away with anything from this episode, it's that you too, uh, uh, pretty scary listeners, should be thanking whatever power you decide to imbue with your concerns about the afterlife with a little note of gratitude that you are not being haunted by a child ghost. While locked down because of COVID-19. So this is like, you know, Adam, you, you and I have discussed that we wanted to make a real strong effort to make sure we didn't become the COVID-19 podcast. Like nobody, nobody needs that right now. There's enough. Of Correct. It, right. You know, we don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to further saturate that market. Be that as, as it may. <laughs> uh, Sometimes you're just called into action. Yeah. And, and this is so us. This is like yeah. this perfect combination of, of, of our show and what's going on. So today I would like to present our listeners with a story that uh, graced, you know, my, my life recently about a man who is essentially stuck in a ghost town that he recently purchased through the duration of whatever this quarantine is going to look like. I love this so much. I am so relieved this happened. Because something <laughs> Like I needed somebody stuck, you know, on a, like a, a, maybe a barge, not a cruise ship, 
but th- this is what I wanted. This is exactly what I, this is the quarantine content that this heart desires. There haven't been a lot of fun lockdown stories. Like a, there haven't, I, I expected a slew of tales about people who were like, fuck, I was at the mall and now I'm just here. Like, yeah. Like Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari got locked down together in the Bahamas and divorced as a result. But beyond that, not much. Did I tell you that I know someone who discovered her husband was having an affair because of the quarantine? (laughs) No. Yeah, I have to be as unspecific as possible. But I know someone who works in the entertainment industry. They're not famous. Um, But their husband, who's also not famous also works in the entertainment industry and his job is essentially he's he's a he's he's a executive producer but he does travel shows so he's everywhere all the time he's never home they did not have the best marriage going into it i think i had known her for like two days when she started to talk about how awful her marriage was oh so yeah uh, it's it's a pretty acrimonious situation to begin with, but he had put all of his travel throughout his jobs on this American Express card. And essentially it was just like a running total because he never stopped traveling, but he'd submit expense reports. You know, she assumed they would get reimbursed five weeks into the quarantine you know, that that Amex card had not zeroed out. And there was like $35,000 worth of travel on this American Express card. And because everybody in in this industry knows everybody, she called the company and was like, hey, can you send us our reimbursement check? And they were like, oh, we we reimbursed that six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) And long story short, this guy has been telling people that he's going on... Work trips when really he's meeting different women all over the country. Yikes. Yeah. And they're stuck together. So. Oh, that would be so brutal. It's brutal because they have kids. Mm. Um, I just I feel for kids that are stuck with parents in bad marriages more than I feel bad for people stuck in bad marriages at this point. Yeah, it's it's like when you're living with your parents that are unhappy, that's like such a major stressor and such a major bummer anyway, you know, anyway. So so, yeah, I know a marriage that uh, has not survived the corn personally. That's rough. Yeah. Now let's talk about another quarantine horror story. <laughs> so this guy, the headline that I got was man forced to quarantine in ghost town with gruesome past. And <laughs> I think said out loud, yes. And I clicked this link. Um, And I just want to start by saying that this so far and remains to be truly the highlight of my quarantine experience thus far. It's the best news I've gotten. It's great. I mean, I hadn't made that clear already. I just needed to make sure that I said it again. So the guy stuck in this uh, ghost town, which is called Cerro Gordo. His name is Brent Underwood. That's a real name, ladies and gentlemen. Brent Underwood, and he claims that he's there with a bunch of ghosts. So Underwood, along with, I can't tell if it was several friends or just one partner, um, but they purchased this property with the hopes to refurbish it and, quote, bring it back to life. (laughs) Caitlin, do you know what Cerro Gordo means in Spanish? I do, but I think I want to hear you say it. Fat hill. Just a big fat hill. Stupid fat ass hill. Lose some weight, hill. One of those welfare queen hills. (laughs) living on the government dime. Uh, Actually, that's just not true. It was definitely uh, being maintained and uh, taken care of by a family. We'll we'll get there in a second. So according to a uh, New York Times article back in 2018, 
Underwood and his friends plan to restore the town while, quote, preserving its past, hoping to, quote, attract a variety of visitors. Now, I respect this, okay? If you called me one day, because, you know, we talk on the phone every day. All the time. Caitlin, we have the opportunity to go stay overnight in a reasonably refurbished ghost town. You wouldn't even hear me hang up. The phone would just drop to the floor. And then all you would hear would be me packing my bags because that that's the dream. That's great news. That's great news. That's like, okay, I'm there, you know? So I get why I get the, I get the point here. It makes a lot of sense. So here's the problem. Tell me if you think this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie, because I really, really think that it does. The previous owner of owners of Sarah Gordo who prefer to remain anonymous. Nope. Are brothers who had inherited the town from their family. They felt it was the right time in their lives to sell the town, but they wanted to preserve it for as long as they could for the sake of history. They also felt that Mr. Underwood and his partner, Mr. Beer, while not the highest bidder, aligned with their hope. Adam, thoughts? That is absolutely how a horror movie about this would start a spe- the the most damning part is the part where they don't make the highest bid but these exactly. two fucking weirdos somewhere find it in their creepy dead black hearts That's what I'm saying. like what were they reading tea leaves like what was it <laughs> the town shows you <laughs> what did these guys do to prove their virtue to buy <laughs> and it's not even over yet okay also the sale closed on Friday the 13th. Score. Big score. I'm not done. <laughs> also, again, Sarah Gordo has had a caretaker for 21 years, which Mr. Underwood and his partner opted to keep on staff. Sounds like The Shining. It sounds exactly like they purchased Zach Torrance's vacation property. <laughs> There's just no other way. Okay, and then the, the caretaker, according to the article, is Robert Desmarius... Desmaris, I think. Or it might be like Desmarais. <laughs> I don't know. This is why you're the boss. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's Desmarais! <laughs> Fuck, we pissed him off right away. He's going to murder us. Bob's going to kill us. I found myself in, as I was researching this, just kind of hoping that this caretaker was missing an like a like a part of his body. I'd like it to be an eye. You think an eye? I feel like here, just theater of the mind here. A whole arm, like missing, like at the top of the shoulder, and then he like ties the sleeve off with a knot, but he, but it just dangles there. Doesn't bother to cut off the sleeve, but just like kind of constant, lifeless, swinging reminder. I do like that. He's missing an arm. So this all seems a little too perfect, doesn't it? It really does. Well, there's a reason for that, <laughs> in my <laughs> opinion. I looked into Brent, and he's a let's just call it a marketing guy. He's got a website. And if you click on it, his about me page has a picture of him in a captain's hat. No, no. Why? Right. So I'm going to read through his about me section. uh, As presented is a series of pros and cons. Does that sound good to you? This feels like an effective exercise. Let's do it. That's how I feel. Okay. So his first thing, I grew up outside Tampa, Florida. Con. At least it's not inside Tampa, Florida. The safest place in Tampa to be is outside Tampa. You're right, but I'm still (laughs) counting as it a con because it's Florida. I agree. Cool. Later, I moved to New York City for school where I ended up living for about five years. Pro? Yeah. Okay. 
Currently, I live in Austin, Texas. Eh. That's a neutral statement, in my opinion. Yeah, it used to be cool, but we've learned. I'm a partner at Brass Check, a creative advisory firm that specializes in working with authors. I'm calling this a con because that is not a real job. No, they're swindling people. Guarantee you. This is uh, I am also the founder of HK Austin, a co-living and co-working space in the heart of Austin a place of collaboration of creative thinkers, innovators, and travelers. So, uh, Adam, pro, con? No, nah, that's a con. That sounds like some CIA shit. I don't like it. I think his family has money. That's what I think. One of the two. Right? Okay. I'm a co-owner of Cerro Gordo, a 360-acre, 22-building, quote, ghost town that was once California's most prosperous silver mine. We're now working to turn it into a destination retreat that preserves the unmatched history of the town. I'm saying pro because I love tourist traps and I want to go there. I want I want to stay at this place. I mean, we are in California. It cannot. Well, when we get into the, the Bone Con episode about this, there is one aspect that makes me not want to visit this place. Yeah. If you guys haven't uh, checked out our Bone Con episodes... Adam and I cover shit that we love. A lot of them recently have been Ghost Adventures episodes. And to pair uh, this very thorough deep dive into Sarah Gordo, we are, after this, going to cover the Sarah Gordo episode of Ghost Adventures. I paid money for it. I own hey, it. Guess what? guess what? So did I. We should. I wish there was a way we could carry it in our pocket forever. If I could show it to random strangers, I would. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So overall, the guy is kind of even. He's pretty neutral still in my opinion, as far as the pros and cons. Uh, But here's the thing. There are only two explanations for the fact that the New York Times is publishing an article about what seems to be this guy's first official acquisition. Before we move on, I just want to say this again. The guy got coverage from the New York Times about this purchase. Yeah, that's it seems like the New York Times should have bigger fish to fry right now. Or even back then. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, like in 2018, it's not that things were good, but what? Yeah. Okay, so in my incredibly rational and scientific mind, there are only two explanations for why the New York Times gives a shit about this guy buying this ghost town. One, his parents are loaded and he is part of the Illuminati. Sure. Or he's a ghost himself. That I like. That's how I feel. Clearly, Brent Underwood is a ghost himself and will be considered as such for the rest of this episode. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I I thought you would be because the evidence is all there. Like if I could go on Airbnb and only select from a list of properties that were owned by actual ghosts, I'd have all my future vacations planned. (laughs) I don't care what they own. It could be a Waffle House. It could be... A house in Hemet. It could be. I'd go to Nebraska for a, a house owned by a ghost. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested in that haunted Waffle House. <laughs> me too. Because I've never been to a Waffle House, and that's probably the only way you're going to get me to one. Legends has it that this is the most haunted Waffle House in the entire United States. I hear you like French toast, ghost. Me too. I understand that you've been throwing waffles at random patrons. Tell us why. <laughs> Oh, I would love that. Me too. I'm sitting at the bar waiting for you to talk to me. Why aren't you talking to me? What was that? Okay, so a little bit about the town of Cerro Gordo. So Cerro Gordo was home to the full, the first silver strike in California. 
I know we both care a lot about that. I was wondering, where yeah, I, was the first silver strike in California? Well, and you know, a lot of unpops and pretty scary listeners have been adding me about figuring that out. So you guys can leave me alone now. I fucking delivered. Okay. It took a couple of years, but just get off my back. You're welcome. You're welcome. The guy who discovered the silver was named Pablo Flores, who I suspect is the real ghost identity of Brent Underwood. That seems obvious, right? That makes a lot of sense. The first guy to find the silver there comes back, reincarnates himself as a yuppie. The yuppie dies, is now a yuppie ghost, and he's coming back for his revenge. Or Brent Underwood could be a real person who is just infested with the demon spirit of pablo flores you know what that's a great option i like a good demon infestation of a person it could be i think we're probably both right in our own ways yeah well that's the great thing about america yeah cool so according (laughs) to legendsofamerica.com which is my favorite website name ever yeah, mark it as your homepage. Yep. Businessman Victor Bowdry of nearby Independence, California, was so impressed by the quality of silver being taken out of Cerro Gordo, he opened a store near the mine and soon acquired several mining claims to settle unpaid debts. He then built two modern smelters. Smelters is a great word. It really is. Because it it is what it Sounds like it does. It's like an onomatopoeia of the Industrial Revolution. Anyway, and then he continued to acquire mining rights from debtors until he soon owned a majority of the richest and most productive mines in the area, which eventually included a partial interest in the Union Mine. So this guy, I love this story because this is every gold rush success story ever because you just have, and I know it's silver, but still, you just have a bunch of degenerates flooding somewhere. Some guy opens up a store, actually makes money, and then as these degenerates fail, he just starts buying up their debts and owning everything. I would venture a guess that something along those lines is probably happening in like Williston, North Dakota, where they had that big oil rush recently and like any fucking hobo could just go there and get a six figure a year job. And then when they sucked all the oil out of the ground, it's like, all right, fuck you. Go back to being poor. This is the plot of Chinatown, but with silver. Yeah. And still in California. By 1869. Nice, Caitlin. Nice. Americans had been taken over, had taken over the mines and the property became the largest silver mine in California. One is only left to assume that Pablo Flores was pissed he didn't get any of this money, at which point he vowed to reincarnate as a rich yuppie D-bag and claim the mine for himself just before a major pandemic wipes out huge swaths of the globe, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was going to jump in and just finish the sentence for you, but... Yeah, well, in our phone conversations, you usually do that, so... Right, I'm very rude off No, well, we're also just really tuned in. Right. Yeah. So let me tell you about a couple long-term ghost residents and details about the town's crazy past. So first of all, at one point, there were over 5,000 miners in Cerro Gordo. Now, that, that's a lot of D. Yeah, that's a lot of people. A lot of dudes. A lot of, lot of, lot of dicks in one area. I don't like it. In the, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> in, this, in, in my research and, spoiler alert, the ghost adventures part there's no mention of a whorehouse which Mm. i don't believe but if there is no whorehouse 
if there is no release in this town and it really is just a bunch of dudes drinking, that's bad. It's bad news. You don't want that now. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Most small towns should have a whorehouse. Most small towns do. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. Here's the other problem. Because it was so remote, there was zero law enforcement. Zero law enforcement, by the way, is how I heard it, how I read it described on several different sites. Zero, like documented as zero. So it's like modern day San Francisco. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. In fact, San Francisco is interesting because it's regulated itself so much that it has now circumvented itself back to no regulation whatsoever. That's where we're at in San Francisco. Yeah, pretty much. Except plastic bags are not allowed. That's all I know. Which is bullshit. It's stupid. The town at one point was averaging averaging one murder a week. That's a lot for a population that size. That's, that's crazy. Like 5,000 people and one's getting murdered a week. Oof. And that's the average. So some weeks were up, some weeks were down, but some gunfights were so rampant that miners, <laughs> I love this, Miners slept surrounded by sandbags to prevent themselves from stray bullets. There is a, a, a still image in the Ghost Adventures episode where someone from back when Cerro Gordo was a, a functioning place was literally holding one of those like no accidents in 14 days signs, but it was like no murders in Cerro Gordo for eight days. I think it, yeah, I think it was nine days and it was like, it's a miracle. Everyone was so happy. That one week brought down the whole year's average. <laughs> now we're not going to get budget money for law enforcement next year. Thanks, Willie. Fucking Willie ruins everything. One-eyed Willie. <laughs> so I found this interesting because I, I tried to find ghost stories about this town um, and I, I know we're like endlessly plugging this bone con episode, but there are significantly more ghost stories about this town in that episode than I was able to find previously. So just, uh, just saying, but yeah, it is weird that this place suddenly gets a scary past when it's bought as a potential Airbnb. Yeah. By a marketing <laughs> guru, dude, ghost. Um, okay. So one of the ghosts is said to haunt, uh, to haunt the town uh, because he died in a poker game. So he's found in the saloon and in other areas. Alphonse Benoit. Yep. What a name. Um, I have a, <laughs> if you're averaging a murder a week, I find it really funny that the one guy that's haunting the town is a guy that died in a poker game. Like in a mining town, there are so many gruesome ways to die. But like dying having fun sounds appreciably better than other ways that you can die in a mining town. And why is there only the, the a couple of ghosts? That's, I don't know. I think, I mean, it's kind of like, maybe they just didn't want to hang out there anymore. I mean, if you look at the pictures, it does look pretty boring. Maybe he killed the other ghosts. Got it. Like, watch watch American Horror Story, people. It can happen. They'll come back, but... God, I really like the first few seasons of American Horror Story. I haven't been watching the new ones. Have you? Oh, the last season's really good. The, the camp one? The summer camp one. It's really fucking good. I'll check it out. I, I, I feel like it got a little too hive-mindy. I guess no pun intended. I, I just realized that that's kind of part of the visuals for one of the seasons. But it just got a little much for me for a while. Yeah. The, the last season is a lot of fun. It's a, it's a slasher. That's all I need. Slasher series. 
It's great. Also, I just watched the Ryan Murphy Hollywood series. I was literally watching that before we recorded. What a show. It's great. It's really good. And it's a lot. I'm a Ryan Murphy fan. Me too. Me too. It's just, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. There sure is. And what's his name? Sheldon from, uh, I can't ever think of his real name because I hate the Big Bang Theory. I hate it so much, but I can't think of this guy's real name right now. But the guy who plays Sheldon uh, is in Hollywood, this new Ryan Murphy show. And that character is one of the most disturbing characters I've ever seen on television. He's a real problem. (laughs) He's, and he's also like a forever problem. Yeah. Like we have this problem still. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but check it out. Check it out. It's, it's a lot. It's really good. The other ghost, this feels like a Disney story. The other ghost who hosts, who haunts the town is the bartender. Oh, can I add one more thing about the big bang theory guy? Oh, sure. Bazinga. Go on. (laughs) God, I hate that show so much. (laughs) It's honest to God, televisual AIDS. (laughs) It is also a problem. It is the worst show on the planet because it makes stupid people feel smart. And that is the problem we have right now. That's our biggest problem right now is that stupid people feel smart. Yeah. A lot of people confusing confidence for intelligence these days. Yeah. Or access to information for being informed. It's the worst show. And you know, what's funny. It's like, I never see these people being interviewed. They don't want to talk about it. They, <laughs> they don't. There's not a single person that's like being asked on like some version of Inside the Actor Studio, like tell us the magical experience of what it was like to get cast onto the Big Bang Theory. Nobody cares. They don't want to talk about it. They know. They have to know. They got to know. It's just weird. Anyway. <laughs> oh my God, I hate that show. Um. Anyway. So the bartender haunts the saloon, which feels very like diddling, ding, 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 ding. Welcome to our ghost town. He's haunting the saloon. This is our friend Eddie. And he'll, you know, be setting up the shots for eternity. Like, okay. I would, I would tell, uh, say this. If I was most likely to end up as a ghost, it would be because I got murdered at my shitty day job. Like, that's a great point. So I get why he's still there. Like he probably just wanted to go home and listen to a fucking phonograph or whatever they were getting off into in Cerro Gordo at the time. One phonograph in in the mining town that they had. Then just gets hit by a stray bullet. Poor guy. All the phonographs just sound like. That's their fun. Yeah. That's all of their fun. That's all he wanted. What a shit life. You just work in a fucking mine and then you drink for a couple hours. You never fuck and then you go to sleep. That's the whole day all the time. Yeah. You spend your day doing the most dangerous shit possible. Go home, drink whiskey that was probably made in some guy named Sam's bathtub. Definitely. And then. Yeah. I didn't even think about like what kind of alcohol. I mean, it's like all Pruno, I guess. Like what? I mean, they're all just drinking moonshine, right? They're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then you die of syphilis that you somehow didn't contract from having sex at like the age of 36. It's a rough life. As an old man. (laughs) Yeah. As a weathered old 36-year-old man. Yeah, you look like you've been made out of paper mache. (laughs) You got black lung. That's just not good. If I lived in Cerro Gordo, I'd be getting like kids discounts at restaurants. (laughs) 
I look great for that time. Oh, let me tell you, I am a Cerro Gordo 10, and that's a fact. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess to feel pretty, I'd go out there. Who knows? I definitely need to bring a gun that would take 20 minutes to reload per <laughs> shot or whatever. <laughs> I show up with a musket. <laughs> hey, there's another tie-in to the next episode. But anyway, okay. The legend. The legend. So that's literally, those were the stories I could find. Like about Cerro Gordo. So I don't know what to tell you. That was, that's what they had. That's what he had leading up to this. Um, and they, like beyond the ones you mentioned, they only really add one more in the Ghost Adventures episode. Yeah, but it's a hell of an add-on. Yeah. Another, anyway. Okay, okay. So why the hell, aside from the fact that he was obviously a ghost reincarnated to enact revenge on the people that stole his silver money, why the hell is this Brent dude there? And I'm not talking about why did he buy it. I'm not talking about why is this being, you know, very sleekly marketed. Why is he stuck in the fucking town? Yeah, he seems like someone who has helicopter money. Yeah, exactly. Just get the fuck out of there, dude. So this brings us to the moment that I was sitting on my couch when someone texted me this article because they're a good friend. At the time of the April 14th article published on the New York Post, not the New York Times, Mm. he, (laughs) this is his explanation. (laughs) When I first got out there, I was in a t-shirt enjoying myself. And then it snowed for four days straight. And now there's no way for, for him to get out. Basically, he went out there because he saw that the scope of the pandemic virus was becoming a problem. And he agreed to take over the duties of the care the caretaker while his business partner was going to check in on his wife. What? Yeah. Why does she live in Arizona? I mean, because he's the haunted caretaker of a haunted ghost town, obviously. But still, why? Arizona is like the ultimate sleeping in separate beds situation. Yeah. He was the caretaker for this place for 21 years, Adam. And his wife lives in Arizona. It's, is he cheating on her with a ghost? Great theory. Thank you. I just thought of that. That's a really good theory. Here's the other thing. This Brent guy goes out there in April, which is not exactly like like late spring it's like kind of solid spring and at that place in california you're still getting snow and he heads out there without any shoe snowshoes yeah that's the part i don't get this is the other part that makes me feel like this is actually just a movie it feels like we're being set up for something doesn't it doesn't it feel like this is a this is like a netflix horror movie that was made and then like they bought it at some weird horror festival and they're like, well, there's a pandemic. Let's throw this thing up. Yeah. I feel like we're giving this guy exactly what he wants right now. Oh yeah. Oh, there's no question that this is exactly what he was hoping for. I want to get in contact with this guy, but anyway, so our friend Brent, our hero, our ghost man hero, uh, it is up there in Cerro Gordo and his big, uh, <laughs> His big survival plan has been uh, that he has enough rice and canned tuna to get him through the snow thaws. Fucking yuck. And that he had to melt snow for water, which begs an obvious question for me. What the fuck were you doing for water before it snowed? Exactly. What was the plan? Did you just magically run out of water at the exact moment it started snowing? There's a pandemic coming. He's swapping rolls with the... The groundskeeper, he doesn't bring anything with him. I mean, I guess he thought maybe he was going to be able to drive back to town, but like, 
the groundskeeper didn't give him a heads up like hey sometimes it snows so bad that you can't <laughs> go back in town i i feel like there's i feel like he's playing this up just a little bit there's no question because he was planning to open this as an airbnb in may i think so a month out from that and there's what no running water and no food like you know know what he thought before he got in his car adam what's that let's just do this and be legends hell yeah (laughs) let's just do it and be legends caitlin let's just go there right now just go right now let's go see if this guy's telling the truth let's see if he's okay (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about Brent's new friends. So now we understand that he's living on melted snow, rice, and tuna in this 10-plus structure ghost town uh, outside of Independence, California. But he's not there alone, because this is, of course, the part of the article that I was most excited about when someone texted it to me. Okay, so in the Ghost Adventures episode that, that did cover this town, Zach mentions two children being locked in a closet. Now, and they died in the closet, I should say. In a, it was in a, like a chest. You're right. It was a trunk. Yeah, a trunk. That's the word. Right. We got there. Two kids were playing. They jumped into a trunk, got stuck and died. Probably because the town is filled with drunk weirdos that are all mining during the day and no one's watching these kids. Why are kids there? Why are there kids there? Why are there kids there? Not a place for children. Anyway, Adam, let me ask you this. You buy a ghost town. Sure. More than 10 buildings to choose from. I got my pick. You can pick any any place to stay. Even the hoist house? Even the hoist house. I'm listening. Thanks. Brent chooses a room. And in the article, his quote is, I stay in the room with the child ghosts, but I haven't seen them yet. I'm telling you, he's also a ghost. No human would choose the ghost child room. Yeah. If you haven't seen them yet, that means it's a good time to pick a new room. Yeah. Like, oh, look, is oh, that's the room. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, because this is exactly the room I'm not sleeping in. And we know from the Ghost Adventures episode, several rooms outfitted with very comfortable looking beds. Yes. Also, who cares if there's beds? I'm not sleeping in the child ghost room. You could just move the bed to the non-ghost room. Did he also not bring a sleeping bag? Like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? All right. So while he has not been in contact with the child ghosts, he has noticed a few things. So there's things moving around. He's hearing people at night. And there's a, this one is the scariest. There's a light going off in a bunkhouse on the other side of the town. I hope he brought a gun. To shoot the ghosts? Well, you know, someone could make their way up there. You never know. I guess. But the crazy thing is, is that like he can't leave because there's this storm there keeping him up there at the time of the article. Right. But also slash the pandemic. So because there's a pandemic, plus the fact that he was snowed in, he is stuck with these ghosts and he chose the child ghost room. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't understand that. And I know what you're worried about, Adam. Has he made other friends? I was concerned, yes. Right? Because it can't just be ghosts. Here's a quote. Underwood is passing the time by fixing up and finding artifacts on the property, going on hikes, and remotely managing his five employees from Austin, Texas via satellite, occasionally consulting with a pair of crows that the groundskeeper, who we are hoping is missing a limb, named Jekyll and Hyde. No, Heckle and Jekyll. Sorry, that he named Heckle and Jekyll. Yeah, crows are... Crows are bad news. You don't want to make friends with crows. They're too smart. Of all things to name them, Heckle and Jekyll? Also, 
what the fuck kind of scary mountain man logic is that? Well, that's the, are you not familiar with Heckle and Jekyll? What the hell is Heckle and Jekyll? It was a, a, a pair of cartoon crows in the 70s. That's even worse. They're probably racist. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. No, it's, it's, uh, I mean, crows, if you're going to talk to any bird, I guess crows would be the best because they're going to have the most information. <laughs> But they're still birds, so get them the fuck away from me. I just think crows are weird in between creatures that 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 know things. Yeah, they were remember things. Maybe these crows always were. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they've always been there. Like I think at one point in evolution, maybe humans were supposed to fly and that was crows were like moving in that direction. And then someone was like, Nope, that's gonna be scary. Let's uh, revert to monkeys or something. And then they just got stuck in this weird in-between with consciousness yeah. as animals. Yeah, I hear that. Crows live in an evolutionary prison in their mind, is what I think we're saying. Right. Also, why are there only two? They're the two cool ones. There are only two? You're <laughs> telling me there are only two crows? The others are assholes. That's the worst news ever. A murder of crows would be so much less scary than only two. A duo of crows. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, you gotta be wet when the duos of crows show up. You really kick Satan in the balls. <laughs> That's very scary. Just two. Just two crows. Just two Not crows. Good. It's strange. It's bad. That's bad news. I am interested how he has internet. Well, I mean, he's got satellite internet, it says. But in the original article, he talks about how the internet was internet reception was so shitty, he couldn't even watch Netflix. And now he's yeah. consulting with employees in Austin and crows outside. Can you imagine how annoying that would be if that was your boss? Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, guys, just uh, just checking in from the ghost town again. No, I don't. Can you see the bullet hole over my shoulder? That's the worst boss in the world. That I know. A 35-year-old guy in a ghost town connecting to you remotely is not a... That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. You're going to hear so many stories that just aren't going to translate if you weren't there. <laughs> and then the paper, it fell off the table. Okay, Brent. I'm sure it's very drafty in your fucking ghost town. There was a chair, and then there wasn't a chair. You know what I'm saying? There was a chair, and then the chair was gone. Okay, have you looked at the invoice we sent you? I saw the invoice, but before we get to the invoice, I need to talk to you about this chair. It was there, and then it was gone. And I suppose the invoice was in the chair? Yeah. Classic Brent. I said <laughs> that part on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you guys talking about me. He just gets really needy, like, hey, so how, how's it going? Like, how's, uh, how's the family? Talking about you. No, none of us were talking. That was the ghost, Brent. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so you heard it, right? No, that was us. Listen, I'm your boss, okay? I may only be 35, but I'm an entrepreneur, okay? And my dad has <laughs> entrusted me with the ability to manage five people remotely from a satellite that I ordered from eBay. Yes, I said eBay. <laughs> I like the idea of him buying a satellite. Just launching it into space from his ghost town so he can remote with his employees. Bad news. Hey, guys. So, um, listen, uh, I, I don't know how to tell you this. There's a reason why Brent isn't on this call. 
uh, he uh, he bought a rocket from Sky Mall <laughs> and tried to launch it from Sarah Gordo. And uh, I don't know. We uh, we got some weird v- Zoom invite from a crow. It's it's complicated. We don't really know what exactly happened, but it's going to take us six months to get there because there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> he saw a tweet from Elon Musk. He took it way too seriously. Yeah, they uh, Elon Musk doesn't fuck around. So yeah, he he just uh, yeah Elon Musk just sent us a photo of a lone bolt. So <laughs> I think that was a message. Anyway, so I think everybody who listens to this show knows how badly I want to believe in all of this, but I'd be lying to everyone if I said that this doesn't sound like like a really solid marketing stunt. Like yeah, one hundred percent. We have to give Brent credit for utilizing the resources he had on hand. Uh, all of his ghost resources, because that's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good because as far as I know, I'm not being marketed by any other haunted town. And when this place opens up, people are going to stay there. There's no question. I would stay there. Yeah. We talked about it at the top. I still want to go to this place. Yeah. I definitely want to go. Yeah. So here's the other thing I did. I watched Brent's vlog. He's got a vlog. Of course he does. And he doesn't seem like a terrible guy. Like he's selling it pretty well. I don't think he, I think he just had a really good idea and like went all the way. Um, But this is all just coming back to the thing that I care about most, which is we need more entrepreneurs seeding money in ghost towns to create a whole new industry of travel. That's where all this is going in my mind. I think it would be the most responsible thing billionaires could do with their money, honestly. Yeah. Give me a network of ghost towns I can go stay in and, you know, produce the content. Are you saying that you'd want to stay in uh, these places if they existed ghost to ghost? <laughs> you mean like coast to coast? Exactly what I mean. Oh, man. Exactly what I mean. But you said ghost to ghost. That's right. Yes, I did. I did. I said that. I said ghost to ghost. And now you know what I mean by, you know, it's coast to coast. Caitlin, that was clever. God, thank you. I, you know what? Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Anytime. God. But yeah, so th- I'm fairly certain this is a giant marketing stunt, but it's very well executed and I still want to stay in this place, so I don't care. What if that's secretly the Ghost Adventures business model? They're like they're like a backdoor version of bar rehab where they're like, look, we'll show up and scream at the ghosts in your building for an hour and business will be booming. I like the idea that Zach Baggins' agent is just a fatter version of Zach Baggins. <laughs> Look, hey. I'm here for a meeting to potentially have ghost adventures in your hotel. Sir, I'm right here. I'm standing right here. I heard your business is struggling. <laughs> Why don't you tell people there are ghosts here? I'm right in front of you, man. I have a deck that I'd like to show you. <laughs> And just before the meeting starts, he just starts the gurgur machine. Then he plays it back and it's just a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> we picked up this anomaly that explains how we can help your business. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. If he showed up here, oh, man, I'd be I like, let's haunt it. these podcasts, Zach. Fucking do it. Can we please? Oh, I want to meet him so bad. We will. I know. I know. We're manifesting it. 
So yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that this guy could come home whenever he wants. I checked the area. I don't believe that there is a insane snow situation there anymore. Uh, but there is still a pandemic going on. So I'm assuming he has to stay there because the groundskeeper, who hopefully only has one arm, still needs to hang out with his wife. Right. Uh, How's she doing, I wonder? Probably not happy that uh, her husband's home. I bet he brought some ghosts with him. Like, it just stands to reason that a few would hop in the car. There's another ghost town up in that area called Bodie that mm. has has like a legit curse with it, which is like if you take anything from the ghost town, uh, you, you're cursed. <laughs> and there are a lot of stories, actually. We could do an episode on Bodie. Bodie's spooky. I've been there before. I mean, it's a fucking ghost town. So, yeah, it's got vibes. It's bound to be spooky. Yep. So that's that's the uh, Sarah Gordo uh, overview of the <laughs> Brent Underwood saga. Yeah, I do. I think I think you're right. This is this is at least partly marketing, but it's effective marketing. Here we are talking about it. This guy knows what he's doing. I don't. I mean, I I'm more curious. I think the big mystery is who this guy really is because I know a ton of commercial real estate developers, and none of them ever get New York Times article coverage. You know, over purchasing shit right i do want to come back to though the fact that the people that bought that the, the people that that he bought this place from are forever creepers like they decided that even though he wasn't the, the highest bidder that he was like morally the right person that's not good yeah they're the reason he's locked down there during covid19 yeah yeah they're uh, friday the 13th yeah if you if you cut away to him getting locked down the scene you would cut away to is just them reading some ancient fucking book with <laughs> human skin for the cover <laughs> tis worked tis worked we're free the house has its souls now send the crows only two <laughs> Send Hackle and Jackal, they're adorable. The duo of crows will descend upon Brent <laughs> Underwood. Is it a duo of crows, Caitlin? Or are they crow conspirators? <laughs> oh, what? You did it now. You, now you did it. It's like co. Got it. But crow. That's what I thought you meant. That's and what then I conspirators, thought. right? Oh, I'm so glad you explained it, though, just in case I was getting that joke wrong. And they say comedy's not legal anymore. Come on. It's still legal. You, sir, are bad. No, you are. I am incorrigible. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to stay at some ghost town eventually. One day we're taking this on the road. I mean, once the pandemic's over in three years. <laughs> yeah. Come 2024. Look out, world. Adam and Caitlin hitting the ghost tour. When there's finally an election again, we'll be out there. So on the next episode, we're talking about Cerro Gordo again, but we are covering the Ghost Adventures episode from Cerro Gordo. See it through the demon-blinded eyes of Zach Baggins. Which to me features the scariest thing ever featured on a Ghost Adventures episode. Not going to spoil it, but it's the scariest thing I've ever seen on a Ghost Adventures episode. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. So until then, do we have anything to plug? Hey, listen to Pretty Scary. <laughs> yeah, check out the Pretty Scary podcast. Give us a good rating and review on iTunes if you have it. Helps it helps majorly if you do that. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bossy Matilda or on Instagram at Caitlin Rose Cut. I want to talk to you. Get at me. Oh, you can also follow this show on Twitter at Pretty Scary Boo. We should start using that 
Twitter account again. Yeah, can you send me the password? Yes, I keep forgetting. Yeah, cool. I'll manage that. I can do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown. That's uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the network at Unpops on Twitter, unpops.podcast on Instagram, and uh, patreon.com slash unpops. Give us money. We need it. Please give us money. If you have money. If you don't have money, don't give us money. Right. But if you do. That's my that's my, that's my finance book <laughs> that's coming out. If you have money, give us money. If you don't, please don't. So I think that's it. That's it. Caitlin, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, my God.